From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Hey, that's a given. Hey, whoa, hey, sorry. Hey, welcome back. It is The Big and Wild Outdoors. Brain and Jonathan in this rainy studio today, along with Knock. We're hanging down and holding down the fort while everybody else is out. I'm waking around. up, messing around. I am too. I'm on Mountain Dew number two, so I'm all oh, I'm getting, getting jacked pretty fast. So it's all pretty good. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, <clears throat> you know some of the things that people need to see. And like I said, if you don't have it in there, I think I still have it. Uh, I think it's the same old number. But nowadays, FWC has a, a multitude of numbers. And I know that we have listeners from all over the country. MyFWC.com. It's it's easy to do. Download the app. Yeah, you can, that's the easiest way to do it. <clears throat> but I think in my phone thing, it's like pound FWC or something for like all, that. Star for FWC. all of our PETA and Sierra Club members that are listening to the show right now, there's a bobcat that is going to be taxidermied that is dead because of the FWC app because he gave Jonathan enough time to look and see that it was Bobcat season. Hey! So it starts. In your <sighs> face. Hey, bring on the war. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, I would love, believe me, bring right now, I would love for those people to call because it will make entertaining radio. Yeah. If they're going to show up with uh, sticks and red flags, I'm, I'm all good for that. Yeah. Hey, uh, but uh, I did want to report some good news. The FWC and others are reporting that the 1,000th python has been taken in the Everglades eradication program. Yes. That was announced this past week. We now have, I love it, it says we now have 1,000 fewer pythons. We have 1,000 down, 100,000 to go. But I put in parentheses underneath that little headline, drop in the bucket. Because, you know, it probably really is. Because like wild hogs here in the state of Florida, we tick on a dog's back. We really don't know how many there are, or where they're at, or how far they're gone, and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, I will say that at least them getting on board is kind of like with the lionfish. Once they got in it, saw how the problem was, they actually did something about it and said, "You know what? We're going to do what the big and wild has been telling you to do for about twelve years. If you see it, kill it. If you see a Burmese python, kill it." Well, you see a lionfish, kill it. My whole problem is, and we don't have Bill here to, I guess, for him to agitate. But <laughs> you know, with Bill, <laughs> Bill, we all, with all of us sitting in this room, you know, I feel like we're not the quote unquote. Some people might not think we're the educated people as far as that goes, but we all read, we all look for facts, we all do our due diligence in investigating things and everything else. Sure, and it. To me, it's simple biology. When you introduce, I mean, you introduce a predator like a python or anything else that has no, I mean. No natural predator. No, nothing kills that. Yeah. Tegus. Yeah, nothing kills it. Norwegian nothing, rats. I mean, yeah. Okay. I love a guy said to me the other day, he's like, he goes, well, alligators will eat them. And I'm like, okay, dude, I can go on the internet right now and pull up just, you could pull up hundreds of pictures of them catching seven eight nine foot alligators you know with them flying over the everglades and you see them 
the pythons wrapped them up. Anacondas. I mean, <laughs> Alligator, alligators eat things that are in their environment. They yeah, actually exactly. eat things that are in their water or on their shoreline. They don't actively go out like a panther and go tromping around looking for things to eat. Exactly. Chances well, are, they're not hunting them. That's no, what I'm saying. They're just moving. I, you see an you see an alligator walking through the woods while you're in your tree stand. Trust me, he's not out prowling. He's moving from he's one place from to one, another. He, one, his lease ran out at the water hole exactly. he was just in. He's looking for a new one. He either got kicked out or he's looking for chicks. He's like, you know what? I've lived in this apartment long enough with no girls. I'm going to go find one. Yeah. Uh, he's not actively out seeking food. Uh, that's what they use there. They're, They're opportunistic exactly. predators. There's a video on our uh, Facebook page where you can see a nice alligator doing his natural thing. There's a big, fat, huge water moccasin going up the bank on his pond, and Ooh, he's, sushi. He's, he sneaks up there, grabs it by the tail, and gives it the ride of its life before he starts to ingest it. So if yes. a python is happened to be doing that same thing, yes, of course, alligator will eat that python, but he's not going to go out in that brush and that stuff where dust and crumb goes out. Uh, you know, barefooted, tromping through all that heavy, nasty, thick stuff to go look for one. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So you can't rely on alligators to eradicate the problem. It's not going to happen. You can't rely on uh, blue uh, herons to uh, kill the babies and drag them off and kill them all and eat them. It's just, it, they just can't do it. Well, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's simple biology. You look at the environments these animals are in. I mean, there's no, the, ra- the rabbits, the like you said, the birds, it just... I love to hear these people that talk about, you know, they're the the bird watchers. Like, like I, we said, the Sierra Club and the people like that. Mm-hmm. You know, do you not fathom the impact that these animals have on those environments? I mean, it's kind of common sense. <laughs> but, it happens. That's, oh, yeah, dude. I watched it. I oh, was yeah. loving it. It's a pretty good video. Oh, wait. Hold on. Important man calling in right now. Yes. Good morning, Wade. sir. How are you? How's it going? How's it doing? Uh, how's it going, Wade? That's going all right, guys. How are y'all doing? You sound so enthusiastic. Thanks for calling the show. I've been up since about 6 o'clock this morning trying to get prepared for the rain that we're going to be having coming. Mm, two hours after I got up. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I got a question for you, Braden. Did you guys happen to watch the news this week? Um where one of the fathers down south was uh, trying to file a lawsuit against the gun manufacturer that manufactured the gun that, you know, did the shooting down south. And yes. then on top of it, he wanted to sue the um, the store that sold the gun to the kid. And I couldn't help but wonder, with all that being done, if the state of Florida allows that to happen, are they going to be able to start suing the car manufacturers that go and run people off the road or, you know, in that tragic accident that happened down there in Tampa where that that woman and her kid were hit. Does that mean that her father, the father of the child, can turn around and sue the um, dealership that manufactured the vehicle and then sold the vehicle? Mm, uh, you know, I, I I think that I, I to answer your question, yes, I did see it on the news this past week that the gentleman was filing a lawsuit against uh, the manufacturers of the firearm and, of course, the store that sold it as well. But I, I think there's a provision in the state constitution that does allow for certain things to file a lawsuit on. But they also have to go ahead, you know, how lawyers are. They have to make a judgment that it was misused on purpose by the individual it was purchased to to be that way. Like if I went and I bought a car to go and smash through a bank on purpose, 
then there might be some ramifications or something like that. You know what I mean? Look for some red flags. Yeah. But if you knowingly sold something to somebody lawfully under the guise of, you don't know what that conversation was. You know, I, my defense, if I was that gun guy and it was a truth, the kid came in and says, I said, what do you want the gun for? He says, I'm going to use it for target practice. Well, I sold it to him for target he went practice. Through, hey, guess what? He went through all the checks and balances and everything else that are supposed to be in place. To, he passed the background. He did the whole nine yards. The FDLE said, hey, you're good to go. Go have a great time out target shooting. And uh, where he chose to, to change the uh, description of what he was going to use the firearm for or whatever, that's whatever. That's on him. It's on the individual. Yeah, well, you know, it's a, it's a tragic thing when you sit there and then you're looking for somebody to blame when it, the person to blame is the person that pulls the trigger. You can't go blaming Remington or Winchester or anybody else, for that matter, who went out and they just made the firearm which is protected under the Constitution, and, and now you're going to get mad at them because somebody had to go out and be an idiot. And it just what boils down to you try to play the blame game when the person to blame is the person at the end of the day that got captured, got caught for doing what he did. Yeah, well, you know, uh, sad to say that those kinds of decisions are made by humans every single day uh, on this planet. Yeah. Uh, bad decisions to uh, drink too much or drive too fast or – not watch their kids while they're swimming or i mean uh, you know those decisions are made all the time i mean no one ever files uh, a lawsuit against a couch manufacturer when some uh you know heroin woman sits there and sleeps while her kids go out and play in traffic and one gets hit, hit by a car yes you know and I mean, i've never seen budweiser get sued either so well yeah i'm, I'm sure that it's been tried and that oh, yeah. if, if it hasn't been tried then uh someone is going to be it's like we say here on the show all the time don't be the test case because someone will go out and test that case uh, I'm looking at the story right now, and uh, the problem, the parents, uh, has cleared the way for them to uh, claim damages against American outdoor brands formerly known as Smith & Wesson and Sunrise Tactical Supply. It's the Coral Springs store where Cruz purchased the AR-style weapon on February 14th uh, before the spree. And uh, he says it seeks to hold the defendants legally responsible for their complacency in the entire uh, foreseeable deadly use of an assault-type weapon that uh, was placed on the market. So they have to go in and actually prove that the gun manufacturer and the gun seller Good luck. actually had uh, foreseeable knowledge. They could see the future. Well, if they could see the future, then you know all these other things would happen. 9-11 would have never happened. That's all true. Other- yeah. we got to go away. That's true, man. Thanks for calling. Well, we appreciate another, it. On another note, Jonathan, uh, was your bobcat bigger than mine? Nah, we got to go. See you. <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, bigger. It was? Yeah. In your face. All right, no, we got to take a quick break. We're the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you, Brandon Ford and uh, G5 Feeding Outdoors. Hang on, guys. We'll be here. We'll be here. Perfect song to come back to. Now you're messing. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden and Jonathan in uh, holding down the fort today. We're hanging out uh, inside because it's rainy and nasty and bleh, outside. It's moving pretty slow, too. Looking out the weather window. Oh, the radar. I just looked at the radar again on the I'm phone. I'm radaring it right now. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, it's pretty moving pretty slow out there. It's pretty nasty. Um, before the break, Wade called in and asked a simple question. You know, did we see the story about the uh, gentleman... Uh, the father of one of the victims down in the shooting is suing gun manufacturers and um, the uh, gun store that sold it. So uh, it, it has begun. 
we know that uh, a lot of the families down there have also decided to uh, not only go after uh, they didn't go after the gun manufacturers. They're going after the sheriff's office and the uh, school board. So there, there's lawsuits going to be happening all over the place. Yeah. But I went back and I during the break I went and looked up some stuff so that we know what we're talking about when we bring it up. And there is a Florida statute seven ninety dash three three one that explicitly prohibits state, county, and city government agencies from suing businesses over the legal manufacture and sale of weapons that are later used unlawfully. Uh, the law is silent on whether victims can sue on those grounds, but then you look down and there is a federal law that was passed in 2006 that makes it more difficult to sue gun manufacturers when criminals use the firearms they manufacture. And that came after the uh, school shooting up in Sandy Hook yeah. when they all tried to sue uh, Remington back in the day. And they said, look, dude, you know, how do, how do you it's like Wade said, how do you predict the future? If you predicted the future on whatever it is I sell you or I give you or anything else like that, it could be anything. I can't sell you this pool because five years from now, your grandson is going to drown in it. I can't sell you this car because in two and a half months, you're going to be in a horrible car wreck and die. Yep. I mean, you know, you can't predict what somebody's going to do. And we've talked about this on this show before. Um, it's a mental illness and it is, you know what? I say it's a home training issue as well. I mean, I know a lot of people say, you know, when they took God out of schools and they, you know, people don't stop going to church and all that other stuff. They, they don't respect each other. They don't know the law of the land. They don't know the moral values of, of another human right or anything else like that. And that comes with home training. And the thing is, is, I brought this up many times in this conversation. I don't know how many fistfights I got into from elementary school through high school, but I will tell you that it was more than probably average. You know, I mean, seriously, um, well, between but playing time, football yeah. and, and and playing uh, running track and, you know, I mean, just, you know, it happens. Okay. And uh, once you get tested by one person, you want to get tested by everybody. Well, but how many, and how many times have we talked about this before? Like you said, back in the day when you could walk outside, you know, hey, the old saying, let's take this outside. And, you know, one, you did that because you were being respectful to everybody else. Because, again, like you said, you were taught you know how to be or how what you the way you should be. Go handle your business and, outside. And two – how many times and how many of those people after you guys slugged it out for lack of a better term how many of those guys did you become friends with almost and, every single and become one of them. good friends with well my point was going to be that in almost every inch of one of those fights on both sides of it me whatever whoever i was rolling around on the ground with we both had pocket knives Every kid I knew in school that I ever uh, Dude, tossed a uh, fist with, yeah. we all had a knife in our pocket. And the last thing that was ever entered, never even entered our mind, was to take that knife out and actually use it against somebody. Because we were taught, you don't do that. You don't do that. If you're going to settle it, you go settle it out there with your hands, or you go, settle, you know, nowadays they, a say, man. they say settle it with your words, which you can do as well. Well, and how that's many times? And that's the other thing. You know, obviously, I'm kind of the younger guy on the show, but that's something we were all Not raised. The youngest as, guy, and he's carrying. Well, the blade. but I'm saying, at a host <laughs> from the host standpoint, with you and Glenn, I'm the younger of the three of us. Oh, sure, we're and the old guys. How many times? That's my whole thing too. The stereotype of when you say that, oh, we're going to go outside and fight. No, how many times did you go outside and you actually did 
for lack of a better term, talk it out without ever throwing a punch. That's true. And, uh, that happened quite a bit as well. But you know, again, my point is, is that we were all armed. Yeah. And we never, ever once, ever, because of home training, yeah. ever thought about taking that that blade out and using it against another well, individual. Well, you, you never, you you answer force with force. I mean, that's like you exactly. said. Exactly. You know, home training tells you that, you know, if the guy picks up a baseball bat, you pick up a baseball bat. If a guy picks up a brick, you pick up a brick. I mean, you got, you know, tit for tat on that deal. Now, if he whips out a blade, then you're like, give me a minute. I'm whipping out the buck 110. And, you know, we'll, we'll do this the old-fashioned way. I, yeah. You know, but uh, at the time, we were taught not to do those things. Yeah. And, and if you were mad enough to want to go do something like these individuals have done in the past, our parents were open enough and talked to us enough when we had an open dialogue where we could talk to each other, where when you got home, you could talk to your father about what John did to me in the locker room today. And I, you know, I want to kick his butt and all that stuff. He says, well, next time you do it, call him out. Next time he doesn't do it, get in his face. you know, do what you got to do. I'll got your back. I got your back. I'll talk to the principal. I'll do whatever. But when uh, the liberals got in there and started teaching kids that, you know, you have to talk it out and you have to, you know, have parent teacher meetings and, you know, there's John's not really acting very well in class and this, that, and the other thing, it took all that away. Yeah. So these kids become powerless and they have nobody to talk to and nobody to turn to. So they put on a black trench coat, sit in their room and listen to, uh, you know, hardcore all day or, uh, you know, speed metal or whatever. And then, they talk themselves into going and doing something horrific. Well, and the sad part is, like you said, uh, I know there's a guy that comes in the shop. His son, same situation. The kid, he had a kid, kept picking on him, kept picking on him, kept picking on him, and the kid had a history of trouble. And it, it's the same thing. And he looked at looked at the kid, and he finally told him, he's like, "Handle your business." You know, if the kid keeps. I mean, this kid was coming up doing everything from pushing him, smacking him in the back of the head, doing all that other stuff. And my buddy's kid opened up on him and he went in to get him from school. And the assistant, well, aren't you going to say something to him? And the guy looked at the assistant principal and said, no, because I've continuously said things to y'all and nothing was done. So parents, yeah. You well, know. you know what? That's so funny because I always thought of it this way. If you, if you, Instruct your child to, uh, you know, put up with it for as long as you can, and I got your back. It's so funny. The schools won't do anything, but you know what's going to happen is a dad's going to walk up to another dad and go, hey, man, you need to handle your business with your son. He's over here whooping up on my kid and whatever. And so he's going to say something that's going to be like, well, maybe he should defend himself or do something. And okay. Go, okay, that's fine. Uh, but, it, you know, I don't want him to do that. You know what's going to happen? The dads are going to end up fighting. Yeah, they'll be the ones who are punching on each other, going back to old school. <laughs> that's well, and that's gonna, always like, I mean, my dad's always told me because let's face it, I've always been a large individual my whole life. And, you know, my I mean, this happened a long, 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 long time ago to where my dad told me because he thought one time I was kind of bullying up on a kid. And he's like, hey, you know, you realize that you're bigger than probably, you know. 80% of the people you're going to meet in your life, you're going to be bigger than they are. So don't be that guy that you're playing in your mind. You're playing around, you know, Yeah, but, but if a mom sees that, it's some big giant bruise beating egg, on her child. Yeah, well, exactly. You yeah. know, or we're playing, you're playing around wrestling, doing something like that. And for me, it's when I'm six inches taller than everybody was in my class and everything else that, you know, 
It's like my dad said, it's always perception is reality there too. So yeah. be the nice guy. Don't be the giant. It's all good. Well, anyway, back to the original. The uh, the lawsuits are going to be flying, and uh, we'll continue just have to after wait the and break because I'm. Yeah. It's one of those things where uh, sad to say that uh, the man has a right to do it. I mean, if he wants to do it. That's what the court system is for. And uh, if they find out that he thinks that a uh, million dollars will replace his son or the hole in his heart, then uh, you do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you knew it was going to happen, so don't be shocked by it. Uh, American Outdoor Brands, Smith & Wesson, Tactical out there, they're all going to feel it. You'll probably put one business out of uh, one business under. We'll probably go out. The other one, they'll pay off something Hold and, on, uh, Gino. and continue doing what they got to do. All right, we got to take a fast break. We'll get to Gino when we come back from break. We are brought to you by Brandon Ford. Don't forget Memorial Day sale. Mother of all sales going on this weekend. So go get that brand new F-150 and go by and see G5 Outdoors. It'll be a good day to do some shopping. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. I was listening to ACDC coming in this morning, but this will work, too. This Metallica, man. It's Metallica. Brandon Jonathan in the studio. Gino on the phone this morning. Gino, hey, Gino what's up, boy? Hey, Brando. How you doing, bro? I'm doing fine. What are you doing? Are you fishing? Nah, nah, nah. It's just chocolate milk out there right now. <laughs> I think he's talking I think. Yesterday, we're talking about going pompano fishing and... Uh, just so much rain. I've had, I got a rain gauge. I've had about 10 inches of rain here at the house this week. I'm not very far from you. So, uh, you know, what's really bad is we were talking yesterday at work and, uh, you know, I said, you know what uh, I hate about this time of year when it gets like this, if a tropical du- storm uh, happens or anything develops, get the life jackets. Well, you know, I said the one word that, that I really hate to hear is by the time it gets here is ground saturation. Because yeah. once you hear ground saturation, you know your yard's going to be floating, nothing's going to be absorbed, and everything's running off, and then we get the word flooding that happens right after that. So Yeah. yeah. Especially here in Pinellas County. You know how in it is. Pinellas County, buddy. You yeah. Got that right. Well, what's on your mind besides pompano fishing, you know, man? Oh, I was going to talk about schools. I was up in the land between the lakes last week, man. My goodness, what a beautiful place. Yeah, that's really nice up there. Uh, they got some deer and turkeys up there, buddy. They got some deer to knock your eyes out. Unfortunately, uh, not open season or anything, but uh, some good fish and a really nice place up there. I'd never been to Western Kentucky before. It's and, beautiful. Uh, it's uh, it's getting to be a hot spot, or at least it has been for about the past five years. It's... I tell you, buddy, they got some. I spent a lot of time in the KY State lately, and uh, they got some. Uh, they got some big deer up there, man. What are you, <laughs> you doing? Just, it's not like here. Just drive down the interstate. Boom, boom, boom. Count them, count them, count them. Mm-hmm. Just gotta drive they faster. Oh, yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we did a story about a young girl who mistakenly took one for a whitetail this past season and was looking at fines and all kinds of persecution from... probably be seeing an eye doctor before she does anything else, Brayden. Well, Uh, she was young. What was she, eight years old, I think? And uh, dad was 100 yards away, and she saw this big giant, what she thought was a whitetail, walk out. So she did what dad told her to do. She dropped it. And uh, she didn't have an elk tag, so... uh, no, no, that's yeah. funny. I didn't hear that one. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I guess the silhouette's somewhat similar. 
But, you know, I, I was just thinking, Braden, you're talking about in school. When we were in school, if your teacher said, uh, would you uh, open up this box for me, put these up? Well, how, how, how am I opening it? Where's your pocket knife, boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with you man yeah where's your pocket knife doesn't somebody the in the scary, class have a pocket knife well and the scary part about it was is like i said i graduated in 98 and i mean we would still especially when you were in your agricultural classes you know it's you're oh, hitting it the na- you, you hit the nail on the head you know i mean how many times you go out there hey we gotta go feed the cows at the land lab or something like that and <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I can't get this bag open. You're not going to get it open without a pocket knife. Uh, you know, there was no bag to feed at my school. I went to Northeast High, same as you, Braden. But, I mean, it's still, I mean, you know, mental on everywhere I went, I had a pocket knife. I mean, in yep. grade school, you know, we played mumbly peg during recess. I mean, it was just a natural thing. I mean, I still carry a pocket knife. I'm a general contractor. Hey, you know, when I got to go to the courthouse, I got to remember to take it out and put it in my car. Or the airport. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always a surprise. It's, it's just, it's just you know, I put it in my pocket. It's sitting on my bar right now. You know, I got an old buck knife, and it's probably 30 years old, man. You know, and it just goes with me everywhere. Yeah, that's yeah. same with me. I mean, uh, I don't go anywhere. Uh, you know, even when I, even if I do travel to somewhere else on an airline, I take the pocket knife, put it in my shaving kit or whatever that's packed away in the, you know, yeah, the checked same luggage. Yeah, same same here. I got a little uh, Swiss Army knife I travel with. So when mm-hmm. I when I get to my designation, it goes right back and where it's supposed to go, right in the pocket. Yep. Otherwise, I feel like it's kind of like people with their cell phone. You carry it for so long, and you're about halfway to work, and you go, "Dang it! Oh man!" I yeah, can't. it's like not having your wallet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It feel different. It's you know? a, yeah. I mean, it ruins your whole day. But and uh, you know, the other thing is too is you know if if the dean or principal or something that whooped you when you were in school your old man would have shook his hand and said thank you sir don't get me started (laughs) you know i you know you know my father gino's known my dad as well and uh i always tell the story that you know when i was a kid my dad would we'd go to the first day of school my dad would take me to mr poteet's office our principal and he would sign about three or four disciplinary slips in advance he'd go ahead and just sign about four or six of them and go use these whenever you need them uh he yeah, didn't don't send them home you more. Yeah. more when you need them yeah don't don't send him home let you me know, know if these you, run out because usually you had to take it home with you and then you know your parent had to sign it and then you take it back and then the next day you go get your pops you know you go get your swats or whatever you want to call them but my dad would literally go in and sign Go and sign beforehand and go, just use these when you need them. Getting ahead of the situation. Yeah, if you need any more, just call me and I'll come down and sign about four or five more of them. So it's all good. You know, when you're in junior high, you think, uh, at first you think it's cool to get paddled, but, you know, that that guy, he didn't joke around with a carry-o. He put the wood to you, man. You know what, though? You got to remember, when we were in high school together, uh, what was it, our... It was my sophomore year. You were ahead of me, and I think they, that's when they went away with corporal punishment. And I was just yeah. Like, I think when I was a senior, or uh, yeah, I think you were in eleven. They did away with it, you know. Yeah, and I was like, dude, this is awesome. No more SWATs. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, bull crap. I, when I, I went to elementary school, our principal at elementary out there at Cork, she still had. Well, I'm talking Pinellas walk, County. When here. you walked in her office, there was still a board sitting there with a handle on it mm-hmm. and you knew what it was for 
Yeah, Mr. Dixon never got to get, got to whack me ever again after that. So, you know, I mean, and, and here he was. I mean, he could whack you, and he could talk reason to you. He was a very good teacher. He was a very good dean. And he was also he was not above uh, putting you against the wall and uh, putting a little uh, fear of Jesus in you as well yeah, if he, he had to. He was a high school, fo- I mean, a college football player. He was a pretty bad dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. And, but he's a heck of a nice guy too. I mean, if you told the line, and you know, he knew he'd screw up. I mean, you know, he's a teenage boy. Yeah, exactly. While he didn't hold it against you. Yeah. Well, you know what? We had different teachers back then too. I mean, we had teachers like Mr. Holcomb who would do the same thing. He was. It was not above him to, uh, you know, grab you by your collar, take you over, put you against the wall, and have a little chat with you. Well, <laughs> you, know? Country, you know, he was country. Yeah, and uh, you know, but he was, he's a good teacher, kind of guy leaving an impression on you the rest of your life. And well, he was a good man too. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, there you go. I can tell you right now; those are the ones I remember. And of course, uh, also, uh, who was that crazy teacher who used to get up on the the desk and do Spider Man and uh, all that stuff? I can't remember his Who's name. Babcock? No, uh, the skinny guy still lived with his mom, and he was like a hundred years old. <laughs> Going down that narrows line. it down. Well, he's the only teacher. He used to wear that brown suit every single day. And, uh, oh, man, what was his name? He used to jump up on the desk and he'd do like, I'm Spider Man, you know, and, and uh, just whatever. Okay. Pinellas well, County uh, Schools were yeah, special. Yeah. They were special. Yeah. Nina Harris. Yeah. Our education broke out. <laughs> Arts teacher or something? No, he was uh, <laughs> Earth Science. Earth Science teacher. Earth Science teacher. Way to stereotype, Gino. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I could another guy that lived with his mom, and uh, it was in the arts area. But anyhow, we went. Oh, that on- guy with the, the wore the Brickenstocks all the time. Yeah, he was your typical art teacher. Well, I remember Stop. he had a letter sweater on one time, and I said, "What was that? Football and wrestling?" He goes, "No, uh, chess club," and uh, I forget first clarinet or something. I don't remember, but he had a letter jacket with pins on it. Yeah, but he had that big mustache too. I remember he had like yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, Fu yeah. Manchu-y looking nice, thing. I guess was a nice guy. I didn't, I didn't spend much He time. always smelled like a burning hayfield to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't get that close. Oh, <laughs> well, Gino, go out and do some fishing. It's a good day for it. The fish are still it's, biting. It's a, it's a good day for greasing up my drags on my reels, brother. Oh, okay. There you well, go. you can do I that, I tell too. you guys every weekend, hey, man, I'm not hearing any Primus. What's going on? Any what? Primus for uh, intro music. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Knock, can you find some Primus for uh, intro music? <laughs> I thought you used to play Primus all the time. Well, we, used, not we used to. We used to play a lot of that stuff, but uh, Glenn's a little more uh, country than we are, and sometimes he gets upset if we're not playing anything. I'm a little bit. What are you talking about? I'm if, country. If, but... if we don't come back to Waylon Jennings at least once in, in a break, he oh, like, goes in. I don't with that either, man. He goes, wrong with that either. I figured. Yeah, I listen to you guys. I listen to you guys every weekend. So all right. I might not call, but I'm certainly enjoying you. Well, thank you. Thanks, Spread Gino. the word, man. Get out, and go catch some of those pompano, man. Those things are I'll delicious. Be some of them pompano. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rub it in. Go See ahead. you, buddy. All right, buddy. Be well. All right, you too, Mike. <sighs> the old but, days. Well, the old days. I mean, and my thing is, and it's like I tell people this all the time. We said this. I mean, we've had these discussions now for the last two weeks with the Boy Scouts thing and with this. To me, it's like men are not trained to be men anymore. You know, it's you're supposed to be polite, hold the door. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I mean, know how to build a tree for it. Maybe I'm just old school in that situation but that's you know i i, yeah, but I had, a lot of that you learned from your dad so uh, well the funny know. the funniest thing and i told somebody this the other day the funniest thing that ever happened to me 
there was a kid that was coming into our shop and now i guess one of the dads said something to me he goes you know my kid says yes sir no sir now because of you <laughs> and yes ma'am and no ma'am he goes Why i are you have scaring children like that man? and i'm like well and it's just you know like i had a lady yesterday or day before yesterday i was like yes ma'am she goes she's like uh you don't have to call me ma'am you know and i'm like yeah uh, you do <laughs> yes i do because if i don't you know even when they've gone on to the great beyond there's two little grannies out there that i'm afraid are gonna swat the crap out of me mama so, gonna get me yeah. you know what and speaking of that uh a little later on in the show i wanted to bring this up because i thought it was very interesting and kind of kind of humorous it's 20 deer hunting lies that your granddaddy told you <laughs> and uh, i want to go down those as well oh there you go that's good for gene should we just let it play there so it makes go. him happy <laughs> it's the big wild outdoors we're brought to you by g5 feed and outdoors good day to go out there and mill around do some shopping and of course a great day to go out and get a great deal on an automobile over at brandon ford it's the mother of all blowout sales for this memorial weekend so go out and see them we'll be here waiting on you Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring Gun, Jonathan Swindle in the studio today. Hanging out. It's going to be a rainy weekend if you're here in the uh, beautiful state of Florida. If you're listening somewhere online or uh, in some other state, it might be just drop-dead gorgeous where you are. Yes. Uh, but for us here today, it's a little dreary. We have that uh, little tropical D hanging out there in the Gulf of Mexico, moving slowly to the north. So uh, we're just getting some rain, and tomorrow it's supposed to be extremely windy. So if you are like Gino and maybe want to go hit the beach or some nice, moving, clearer water, uh, maybe get some pompano, today would be a good day to do it. You know what, though? Today would also be a good day to be out, if you have the right boat for it, to be out doing some tarpon fishing because uh, everybody I know and his brother has been hauling them in, man, all over the place. It's like, dude, I can't believe they're here. It seems like they get here earlier and earlier every year. And uh, every day when I drive across the Gandy Bridge, getting ready to hit the Leroy, yeah, I look over and there's like five or six boats already lined up, and maybe one or two I might be hooked up every once in a while, which makes me drive a lot slower. Sorry for all the people behind me, because I want to see what they're. I wait for a jump, you know. I'm like, I uh, wait, let's see if, uh, if he's got a tarpon on there, or a big old Kobe or something. Um, so they're already up at the uh, at the Gandy, so that's always a good thing. Well, and the sad part about it is, is it's like I was coming when we left here last week and I was going back across the bridge and it, it, just to see the bait, I get jacked up when I start seeing the water starting to bubble from all the bait. Because like you said, you're sitting there and you're what you're like, wait for it. Yeah. Wait for it. See what runs through it. Yeah. You know, see them scatter and all that kind of good stuff. Well, and then you laugh and see all the guys in the boats that are watching the same thing. And when they see something run through it, it's like tarpon fishing in the past. All of a throw sudden, a jig in there. here comes all the boats. Throw a jig in there real quick. Hurry. Throw it in there. Get in there. Might be a jack. Who cares? It's always yeah, fun. Whatever. Uh, get the kids out there this weekend. Do what you got to do. But uh, we wanted to remind you quickly. That uh, all kids are invited. Summer's here. I mean, I think everybody's out now, right? Hillsborough's out. Everybody's out. Your kids are out, right? Everybody's out. This is true. June 16th. Mark your calendars. Grab your nephew, niece, 
grandson, grandkid, grab a kid, bring them out, kids from school. Uh, the Panfish Challenge is happening on June 16th at Panavista Lodge, happening on Lake Panasofsky, the beautiful, clear water of Lake Panasofsky. And uh, we're doing the Panfish Challenge. It's our fourth annual. I have lots of folks going to be showing up. Uh, it's $25 if you go register now per boat, not per person, but per boat. And we like to say it here, if uh, the boat holds legally, Coast Guard approved to hold four people, six people, 12 people, you can pack it. So it doesn't matter how many people are out there on the boat. If you got a family of six, put them on a pontoon boat, go out and try to hoof as many of those uh, shell crackers and bluegills as you can and bring them in and you'll win some fabulous money. Mm-hmm. Money. And um, every day it seems like we're adding more. I got a text earlier this morning from uh, Mr. Glenn. And he said that uh, you guys at uh, Arrowhead threw in some cash. Yes. And uh, also, uh, who else was on there? Let me see. I'm trying to find uh, my email that he sent me. He says that, uh, let's see, we received um, 250 bucks from Trinity Sportsman's Ministry. So that's added into the pot. $100 from GMB Gator Gear. Uh, thanks to Bill. And then thanks to Jonathan. Who donated 100 bucks to increase the biggest fish payout in the last few years? So every day, somebody else comes jumping on the board uh, to give away some prizes. And we have uh, fabulous stuff to give away. Seriously, this year, we got cast nets, we got sunglasses, we got I don't know what Choo Choo's lawn equipment's going to donate. Uh, last year, they had that big old trimmer with that chainsaw blade on that Bill George oh, outbid yes. everybody on. And, uh, I ended up walking away with the electric lawnmower for my son after Glenn and I got into a big old bidding war. And then he comes over later and goes, why were you trying to outbid me, man? I was going to get it to you for your birthday. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm like, dude, why didn't you at least let me in on the secret? I wouldn't have jacked it up to as high as I did. Man. Uh, I remember that. But uh, give your, do yourself a favor. I'm telling you, it's a great family time. Nettle sausage is out there. We're out there cooking. We, uh, you know, chips. Uh, that's all. Uh, let's see. I think last year we did it by donation. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, if you if you're hungry, uh, you know, if the kid wants a sausage people, dog, just people, come get it. People walked up and like, uh, I know my father in law and then were sitting there helping us and stuff like that. And we were just basically like, look, you know, yeah, the food's free, but everything we make today goes to everyday blessings and to the South Sumner FFA. And again, it's just one of those things. It's like I had guys that were pulling out tens and twenties. Like here you go. I'm like, dude. I mean, five. You know, five bucks is enough for whatever. They're like, no, five bucks, five bucks no, is good. No, here you go. Well, I might want to come back and get another one. Well, and that's the thing. That's that way. Here, take two. That's what I did. You go in there and you throw a twenty in there, and that way, whenever the kid needs one, you just go go get one. It's already paid for. You got a running tab going. It's a running tab. But uh, we do have to go and take the time to say thank you to uh, all the good folks who've jumped on board so far. If you're a business owner or someone who just would like to donate some cash money or something to make the pot a little bit bigger, we'll take it. And uh, it's for the Panfish Challenge. It's coming up on June 16th. Uh, it starts at 8 a.m., goes to 1, so it doesn't take up your whole entire Saturday. It's starting out at the uh, Panavista Lodge, which is right at the... Uh, West side, kind of west side of uh, Lake Panasofsky. It's an hour north of Tampa. It literally is. It's not that far. 
Yeah. You've passed it a million times going to grandma's house and yep. Aunt June's and everybody else and never knew it existed. I'm one of those people. And once you get there, you're going to go, dude, how did I How did I not know this place was here? This place is awesome. So uh, registration, as I said, pre-registration uh, now, 25 bucks. Day of is $35. Uh, you can register by calling Panda Vista Lodge, talking to Mr. Jim Veal up there, and uh, you can go get your uh, name in the hat, tell them how many boats, how many people are going to be there involved. So the reason why they want that is so they make sure they have enough fishing rods for all the kids, make sure there's enough food for everybody, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, it's not to uh, just, you know, pat the numbers or anything, but we got to say thank you to Brandon Ford. He stepped up again this year. Choo Choo's Lawn Equipment, Barracuda Cast Nets, Coastal Angler, GMB Gators Gear, uh, Chandler's Electric, uh, also um, uh, Live in the Water Life, Nettle Sausage, Catfish Johnny's, who literally they've been there since the beginning four years ago. That place is good. We always go there for dinner the night before, but it's really good. It's great. And uh, also a lot of private donations from people uh, that have, have donated their own money out of their own pocket to go do this. 100% 100% of the proceeds for this event will benefit, as John pointed out, Everyday Blessings Children Home and the South Sumter FFA alumni. So uh, the money goes right back out. It doesn't stay for next year or any of that other stuff. It goes, poosh, we, we walk away broke. <laughs> Seriously, we just walk away broke. It actually costs we, us money we, to go we, and do it. So. Uh, like a few other radio personalities can show you the books, and if it wasn't for the sponsors, we wouldn't be able to put this event on. Uh, that's true. Uh, or uh, like we did on the first year, we used our own money. You know, I yep. mean, uh, to get it started, we, we, we threw it out there, and we go up there, we, we pay for our lodging, we pay for our gas, just like everybody else, and uh, just go up there to bring our kids to have a great time. And if you don't know what Everyday Blessings uh, does, what you need to do is go look it up online. Uh, but we can quickly tell you that when a family that's affected by tragedy or loss or drugs or whatever it is, and the children have to be removed from the home, uh, what they do is they make sure Keep that siblings together. siblings stay together. They don't divide them up, and they don't go to that place and that place. The kids, no matter where they go, they always stay together. And, you know, that creates a tighter bond between those siblings. And you know what? you got to rely on your brother and your sister while you're going through tragedy or whatever it is going on in your lives the worst thing you can do is split them up so everyday blessings god bless them they do good work they get out there they keep those kids together as they should be and uh they've been doing it for a very very long time and nobody seems to know anything about them you know they just quietly go out and do what it is they got to do they handle their business you know so we're there to help them you're there to help them so let's all help each other it's all great panfish challenge june 16th Panda Vista Lodge from 1 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's going to be a great time. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. Your kids will have a great, great, great and wonderful time. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Take a break for the top of the hour. Hour number three coming up. Don't go anywhere.